We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's January 20th, it's 2021. We have 10 basketball games to talk about here on today's podcast. We are presented by Monkey Knife Fight, if you haven't checked them out. They are the fastest growing single player DFS site out there. You get a 100% bonus up to $50 on your first deposit by using rotogrinders.com slash partner slash MKF. The link will be in the description of the podcast if you have if you want to check them out and you haven't already. I'm joined today by my good buddy Genie for 07 Grant. How are you doing, my friend? Not getting slaughtered in DFS, but it's only halftime right now, so still got some time to make stuff up. But yeah, yeah no, just played a bit on the two game slate. DFS not going great. Half my bets are hitting for sports betting, so could be worse. Ready, ready for a full slate like we got tamari today yeah 10 games um we record the night before so when grant means tomorrow he means tomorrow technically because we're recording the night before but um yeah 10 game slate it was an 11 game slate and the washington game got postponed so uh let's jump right into it we got a lot to talk about uh we get started here with brooklyn at cleveland no total in this game um sounds like Kyrie's is going to be back we'll have to see um he's not even on the injury report so i'm, I'm assuming he's back here on the cleveland side deladova love and porter remain out garland and sexton are questionable um is there anything that you like here for brooklyn um I mean, with Harden, Durant, and Kyrie priced where they are and all three of them in the lineup, I think any one of them go off for a big game any given night, but I don't think this is the spot to go with it, and I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. I'm just not paying that much money for any of them. I, if I'm going to go with anyone, it would probably be Kyrie, although I'm not sure if they're going to go full own amount of minutes in this one. Plus, it could always be a blowout. It's a nine-point spread. So if I'm going to take a shot on anyone, like DeAndre Jordan, watching the game the other night, he looked good. Like, he looks good with Harden in there. Um, he was throwing up a whole lot of lobs to him and kind of reminded me back of the Clippers back in the day. Uh, he got 38 minutes the last outing. I don't think that'll happen again, but going up against Drummond, I think that he could be in for a few more minutes here. 
DeAndre Jordan, I don't expect him to be owned probably at all with his increased price tag, but I do think that he offers some upside here just with his rebounding ability, his incre- possible increase in minutes, and just because Harden's going to be lobbing it up to him quite a bit. Yeah, my, man, I don't know. Like, all these guys are just how, – how often are we really going to play these guys when all three of them are playing, like, this year? Like, I mean, the answer is depends on what they're priced at. Yeah, like – you know, Kyrie at 9K seems fantastic, but Kyrie with Durant and Harden at 9K, I don't know. Um, I'm with you. I feel like if he does get his normal amount of minutes, he's kind of the guy to play. Um, DeAndre Jordan played 38 minutes the other night. Like, if that's going to be the case moving forward, we have to like it a little bit. But it's like you're, you're trusting Brooklyn with big guys, though, man. Like, yeah, well, I mean, Jared Allen's not in there, so like it's kind of about developing him with him gone. Like, I know Jordan didn't get a ton of minutes the other night, but like it could have just been the fact that they were going up against Milwaukee. They had him out on the court because there was Brolo and there was Giannis, but like just watching the game, like it, he, it just reminded me a lot of the Clippers back with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I'm going to wait and see where ownership lies, but I can't expect anyone to play him. And if he's going to play 30 minutes, like, I, I, I don't know. Like it's just from what I saw and what I think could possibly happen that J- Jordan could end up being a pretty decent play on the slate. And it obviously depends on what value ends up opening up, but I think that he's the only guy that I'm considering on Brooklyn. All right. Um, let's go to the Cleveland side of things. What are we looking at here uh, for the Cavs? I mean, it obviously depends on if Garland or Sexton play. If Garland plays, then it's a it's a possibility of a blowout. But if Garland plays like a 5.6K, like I know he hasn't played in over two weeks, but this was a guy that still has 50-point upside occasionally. Like if Garland plays and Sexton's out, I have to assume that Garland might actually be chalk in a high-paced matchup. Sexton plays and Garland's out. I think Sexton's in play. I don't think he's as great of a play priced at 6,800, but – I, I think that they'll play him the same minutes that they've been playing them, even though Garland's been out for a while. Like, it's a shoulder injury. That's not really going to do too much for his conditioning. Um, but if they're both out, then Drummond, obviously, in play, offers huge upside on a slate, 9.9K. Still not high enough considering his upside. His downside is obviously a decent amount, and there's a chance of a blowout. So Drummond's really the guy if both those guys are out. Um, if not, then I think Garland, if he plays, is my favorite play over here. Yeah, like obviously we're going to be waiting to see. Um, Allen's supposed to play, but he's really probably not going to play a ton behind Drummond. So um, I think it's a great spot for Drummond um, going up against Brooklyn, one of the worst teams in basketball um, against centers. So don't hate Drummond here, but like you're probably playing Drummond if you're playing like one of Kyrie or Durant or Harden and hoping the game stays super close. Um, but yeah, I don't love, I don't love Cleveland here. Like if Sexton and Garland both play Garland's still, I think cheap enough at 56 to, to take some shots on there, but I don't know. I want, I want like Sexton to sit and Garland to play. Um, I think yeah, that's, that's where you exactly get, what I want. That's where you get your most value. I think from Cleveland in this one. No. And also, Osman, if both those guys are out, I think is in play still, even at 6,500. This game stays close. He's going to play a boatload of man. So he always has upside. Dallas at Indiana taking on the Pacers. 217.5 total here. Pacers favored by 1.5. Um, Finney Smith, Keebler, Powell, Richardson all still out for Dallas. 
On the Pacers side of things, Levert, um, Warren are out. Lamb is questionable. Sampson's questionable. And Miles Turner is questionable. Um, I know Miles Turner like has like a, a fraction in his hand or something. Um, you know, but they said that he could potentially play in this one. So uh, let's start with the Dallas side of things. Uh, what do we like here for Dallas? I mean, it's a perfect bounce back spot for Luca. He was on an absolute tear, putting up an average of 70 some odd points for like five games and then just was absolutely horrible versus um, Toronto. Like, don't know what happened there. I didn't watch the game because I was watching the Brooklyn game, but it, it just, it, I don't know what happened there, but it, he still has upside at 10.7K. He can still put up 80 points, 70 points. He was doing it on a consistent basis. Threat for a triple-double at any given time. People might have a little bit of buyer's remorse from the other night, so they may not go with him. So it's it's him with Porzingis in there and all these other guys. Like, I don't know, maybe you can go with James Johnson if you need some value at 4.5K, but you're probably not getting over 30 points from him. It all depends on what other value there is on the slate, which as of this point right now, I'm not really sure how much there is. It could change tomorrow, but – not going Porzingis, like still kind of waiting. He could end up having a blow up game at any given time. He's still taking an average of 15, 16 shots per game while he's been in there and has a double double upside. But 7.9K, if he gets 50, he gets 50. But it's not a high paced game. It's not a high scoring game. Like the total sitting at 119 or 219. Um, so it's, it's Lucas, the guy that I'm looking at over on Dallas. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, like that game was just super slow um, against Toronto the other night. Dallas just – they were on the second end of the back-to-back um, going from Dallas to um, – Toronto's playing in Tampa, right? Isn't that where they're like playing right now? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so like travel, back-to-back, you know, like look at Luca's like usage um, over the last like 10, 10 days. Um, 41% against Houston, 38% against Denver – 35 37 38 45 and then that that toronto game he had a 23 percent usage rate so huge drop off in usage in that game the pace was one of the slowest paces they've played um in a while luca wants the game to be fast um and we've seen him you know definitely you know push the pace and stuff and have big games so i I think luca has um upside in any matchup but in this matchup i think he has a ton of upside so Definitely don't mind him, but outside of him, like, I, I just don't love Dallas in general. I think, like, you know, Trey Burke is a guy that when he was cheaper, we could play, but, like, at 5K, I don't think he really has a ceiling at that price. Um, going to the Pacer side of things, like, assuming that Turner plays, um, I think it, it's probably Brogdon here. If Turner sits, I, I think Sabonis is in play, and then we could potentially look for some value. Um you know, maybe with bits days or one of these guys um, down here. But I, I think like Brogdon is the guy, like if you're playing Luca, you're probably running it back with Brogdon. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's kind of my thought process too. either Brogdon or really Sabonis. Yeah. If Turner is out or even if Turner's in, I still think that you can go Sabonis. Never really a guy I like playing that much, but offers upside in any given match. But Dallas isn't the worst match in the world for him. Um, but it's mostly Brogdon here. Uh, he's 8.3K. He's a cheaper guy. Hasn't been great recently after putting out that string of fantastic games, but put up 21 shot attempts in the last game. Like he's been right around the 20 shot range for a while. He just hasn't been shooting the greatest as of late. So that's kind of why, like, you look at his game log and pretty much if he shoots 45, 50% from the field, he ends up close to 50. 
if he shoots 30% from the field like he did against Golden State against the Clippers, he's been in the 30 range. So it's more about a shot attempts. The peripheral stats are fairly consistent. Um, so he's still taking the volume of shots. It's just been a few rough shooting nights over his last few games. So I think he's underpriced at 8.3K. Like he was at 8.7 and he had gone, he had gotten all the way up there because he's been playing fantastic. So this is a spot where I think you jump on him after that poor shooting out, put against the Clippers and against Golden State, because it's not going to continue. He's been too good of a shooter all season long. Uh, anything else from this one? I mean, just look out for value based on if Turner's out or not. All right. Um, yeah. And like, you know, Jakar Sampson, if he plays and Turner's out, he could be interesting. Um, I don't think Lamb would play a ton of minutes coming back if he does play. So we go to Boston at Philly. Um, Jason Tatum's out. Mike Scott's out. Really the only injury news for this one. I was a little shocked we didn't have um, a total for this game. But uh, let's start here with the Boston side. Obviously, Jason Tatum out opens up um, some usage and stuff. What are we looking at here when it comes to Boston? Yeah, um, Brown at 8.7K just stands out. I know it's a tough matchup versus Philly, um, but it's it should be a fairly close game. It's a five-and-a-half point spread as of this moment. But, yeah, without Tatum in there, obviously usage uptick for Brown. He's been fantastic this season. Hasn't been great in the last few games. But they were both blowouts. Um, so if this game stays close, he's going to end up playing 38 minutes. If he plays 38 minutes, he has 55, 60-point upside. So it's it's – Brown there with Walker back, like, like between Walker, Smart, these Thompson, like all these guys, Teague, the minutes aren't going to be through the roof with really anyone. They're all, all probably outside of Smart going to stay at the same spot. Uh, I don't expect Kemba to play more than 25 minutes. So at 6.5K, maybe you can go there, but I don't know if I would. Like you could see an uptick in usage. I think they're still going to take him off the bench, but yeah, it's, it's just a tough spot to really like anyone in a tough matchup versus Philly. If Kimbo is cheap anywhere, I would take some shots. He had a 43% usage rate the other night um, in 20 minutes. Like, if he was cheap anywhere, but he's not. Like, you're, you're paying full price for a guy that they've already pretty much come out and said that, like, they're going to limit his minutes, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. So, I don't think we can play Kimba at this price even with the massive amount of usage, I really do think Jalen Brown's like the only guy from Boston that you can, you can play with confidence here. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's back. Um, I do think Tristan Thompson is a guy that will eventually, you know, get back to like 26 to 28 minutes. Um, he is okay at 5k, but on a 10 game slate, I don't think he like fits the build. I really don't think he's a guy that you end up on a ton Unless we hear some other news, um, let's go to the Philly, Philadelphia side here. Like, Embiid has kind of been all over the place. Um, he should have his way with this Boston team. Like, what are you, what are your thoughts when it comes to Philly here? Yeah, no, it's really just Embiid is the only guy that I really consider here. Simon at nine point one k with all these guys back on the floor. I mean, they have everyone at health. Danny Green still a bit priced up to where he was because of his massive outing and because of the minutes he was playing because the use extra usage he was getting because of all the COVID stuff. Seth Curry at 5.3K, I think, might offer a little bit of upside. He'd be the second guy outside of Embiid I'd go with. 
Harris, you can take a shot on the A slate, but with all of them at full health, he's probably going to end up in the low 30s, high 20s and at 7.2K. That's just not going to get you there. Shake Milton is always fine, um, but everyone there, again, not a guy that I really want to go with. And Bede's the guy that's going to offer you the most upside. He's a little bit underpriced considering his upside at 9.6K, and it's a decent matchup for him. So Seth Curry and Bede are the only two I'd really be looking at. But with everyone here, like – I, I just don't see any amount of value for a 10-game slate where you really want to take a shot on Simmons, Harris, Milton, Maxi, anyone like that, because the prices are all over the place because of all, the whole COVID situation, and now they're kind of adjusting back to where they should be, and the only two guys that are underpriced for where they should be are Embiid and Seth Curry. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how like the Seth Curry, um, like Shake Milton kind of minutes work out. Um because like Shake Milton has been playing fantastic and it's like, all right, well, you know, are they going to just instantly give Seth the, the minutes back? So I don't know, man. I, I think like I, I'd be super careful with Philly here, but Shake Milton's been playing great. So if you want to roll the dice on a dude that has been shooting double digits um, and putting up tons of tons of actual points um, at 5,600, I, I don't hate him. Um, I think this game is going to be pretty competitive. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people will get scared off with all these guys coming back. Now, it's it's a super risky tournament play because Seth Curry could easily take minutes from Milton. Um, so, like, that is definitely something you have to kind of be concerned with. Uh, moving right along, we got Detroit at Atlanta, 221 total here. Atlanta favored by six. Um, Hayes continues to be out for Detroit. And then on the Atlanta side, Bogdanovich, Dunn, Gallo are all out. Cam Reddish is questionable. Um, one of the craziest prices that I've, I think I've ever seen, um, you know, this was an oops. <laughs> Kevin Herter, 9,500 um, on DraftKings. Don't play him over there. Um, what are we looking at here on Detroit? Yeah, that price tag is just absolutely ridiculous. Clearly – Clearly a mess up, but I mean, I wasn't going to play him regardless. So works out well. Um, over on Detroit, Jeremy Grant, like that's pretty much it. This game's going to be a high pay, higher pace game or pace upgrade for Detroit here. Jeremy Grant's been putting up just a ton of shots every single game, 19 in each of the last four, like gets over 20. Like it, it's just, he's just doing everything in this offense. 7.7 K he offers upside and he's paid off that price tag pretty much all season long. Like it, it, it's really just him. I don't want to play Griffin Rose is fine at 5.4 K, but 10 game slate, probably a guy that'll end up avoiding. Although I'm not going to argue with it. Even in 27 minutes, he can still put up 40 points. Not going to Plumlee, right? Any of these other guys. It's, it's, it's pretty much just Jeremy Grant for me. Yeah. Like Grant has been, he's been awesome, man. And great like, name too. what's that? Great name also. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get why you're saying that now. All right. I hear you. Um, yeah. He's just been, he's been fantastic this season. And I think like a matchup against Atlanta is fantastic for him. I, I think you could take shots on Derek Rose here. Like Derek Rose is someone that can easily get seven X in the spot going up against Atlanta minutes kind of ramp back up a little bit um, against Miami last time out. If this game does stay competitive, um, I think Derek Rose is one of the better tournament plays um, on this slate. So just wanted to 
throw that out there at 5,400. Um, hate playing a guy that's kind of limited minutes wise, but if the game stays close and he plays 25 minutes, he can go seven X um, at this price. Uh, what are you looking at here for Atlanta? Trey Young and Capella. Um, you don't want to I mean, play Herder? Man, not not on DraftKings. The Trey Young. I don't think we'll ever actually. I can definitively say we will never see Kevin Herder priced above Trey Young again, at least unless there's another mess up. But yeah, Trey. Um, I know that he hasn't been. He's been a little bit off and on over the last ten games or so, but. Still a guy that can absolutely crush in any given spot. He only put up eight shot attempts in the last game. He ended up with 55 uh, points. Granted, he got to line 13 times. Um, but Trey Young, Capella has just been absolutely crushing. It's a good matchup going against Detroit. We only have a six-point spread. Put up 50 in each of the last two games. It's those two guys. I'm never going to argue with a shot on John Collins. He's just not getting there. I think Capella in there hurts him a little bit, and his minutes can be all over the place. I Yeah, it's, it's Trey Young and it's Capella. Like, you can take a shot on some of this value, but I'm not going to, I don't think. So it's just those two studs. Yeah. If Hunter and Reddish play, like, I don't know. I think Reddish at 4,600 is not terrible, but I think we have plenty of value on the slate that you don't really have to roll the dice because uh, everybody will kind of be back for this Atlanta team. Um, I guess Gallinari is still out and Bogdanovich is still out, but like, I mean like Hunter and Reddish both being on the court um, at the same time. So I think like Reddish is in play, but um, Herder's not (laughs) Miami at Toronto. um, Man, what a snooze fest of a game. Bradley out, Butler out, Leonard out, hero questionable McCall out for Toronto. Um, Let's start here with Miami. Uh, Anything standing out to you for Miami? I mean, Bam seems a little bit cheap at 8.6K. Um, with Butler still out, like he's gotten 35 plus minutes and or 34 plus minutes in each of the last two games, put up over 50. Uh, I think that just his usage, the matchup, everything kind of lines up as him being a bit underpriced. The problem is the size of the slate and a few other much better plays. Um, if Hero ends up missing, then like if Hero ends up missing, then I think you can go with Drogic um, or. Robinson, I think just a little bit of extra usage to go around with the guards. It's not the worst idea in the world. Um, Kendrick Nunn at 4K, you can chase that if Hero's out. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's those three guys. I'm staying away from Precious. I'm staying away from Olenek. Um, and like, I'm not playing Iggy even at 3.3K if he's just going to get 20 minutes and need more than 15 points from him. So, like, based on if hero plays or not like bams and play regardless, but if heroes out, then just the minutes and potential uptick in usage with Drogic, Drogic and Robinson are both very much in play. And so is not at 4k. Yeah. If hero sits uh, right back to the well on Kendrick Nunn, for sure. Um, talked about him a lot last podcast, absolutely crushed. Um, and, and then like bam, like you said, I think he's very much in play. Um, you know the dragon. If if hero sits, I think the dragon is okay at fifty seven hundred. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, um, but it, he's not the like overall worst play on the slate. Uh, going to the Toronto side of things here, you know Boucher has just been absolutely crushing, and they refuse to like make him expensive. Um, over forty fantasy points in four of the last six games, seventy three hundred. I'm just gonna keep playing him, Grant. 
Yeah, no, that's a smart move. He's the only one I really want to play. Like, I get that on any given night, OG, Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam could end up crushing their price tag, but you're just kind of flipping coins to see who it's going to be. The one consistent guy is Boucher. Like, he's getting the minutes. He's just absolute, or he's getting enough minutes to absolutely crush every single time. Like, he's just been incredible, and he's still, yeah, priced way too low at 7.3K. He's the guy I want. And I'm going to use a ton of them. He's one of the best plays on the entire slate. And people still don't really play him that much. So I'm going to keep going with it over and over again. I just think, like, they, they should have should have raised his price a while ago, and they haven't. Um, anything else here for Toronto? I know you said, like, really nothing that you want outside of him. Siakam, 8K. I think if you're not playing Boucher, you could take shots on Siakam. Um I think Lowry, I think there's going to be better options. Van Fleet, probably better options. Um, like, I, I just, I think Boucher is the guy. And if you don't play him, maybe you play Siakam. Yeah, no, I mean, Siakam's been facilitating a lot. He's been a little bit up and down, but he did go on a nice little streak of decent games, but just been not great last few. I get that a lot of that's because of shooting. He's shot terribly the last few games, and that's kind of why. If I'm going to take a shot on, like, if I'm ranking Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, OG, like Siakam's by far my favorite. And then it's Van Vliet and then it's Lowry, but you're just kind of taking a guess on all those. But Siakam, if you're going to play some, if you're not playing Boucher, then Siakam's a perfectly fine guy to put into your lineup. Um, Yeah, we move right along here. We got Orlando at Minnesota. Uh, a lot of people out here for Orlando. Aminu, um, Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams, Foltz, Isaac, Okoye, um, and then Fournier is questionable. And on the Minnesota side, Herning, Gomez, Rubio, Cat, um, all outs. Let's start here with Orlando. Man, I don't, I, I don't love playing Vooch because there are much higher usage guys, but he should absolutely smash whoever Minnesota rolls out there in this spot. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's been good over the last four games. Um, his price tag at 8.6, I don't know what. Like this slate is kind of just everyone's a little bit too low priced outside of the Brooklyn guys, uh, which they're just priced according to Kyrie being out and that. So it kind of makes sense here. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's Vooch. I'm not, I'm not chasing the Aaron Gordon ridiculous game. I get that he's been pretty good recently. He's had a few quote unquote ceiling games. Although the New York game was absolutely a ceiling game. He's not going to get 17 rebounds again. He's not going to get that close to a triple double. He is playing a good amount of minutes, especially with all these guys out. He's probably will again, but 7.4 K there's a lot of guys in that range that I would much rather go with. This is more likely going to be a 30 point game for him. 35 point fantasy point game. Ross, like not happy about paying six K for him. Like doesn't really give me a ton of upside call Anthony. I know he's had one big game, but he's playing high twenties minutes. And I don't know if I'll go there. Fournier plays. I don't really want any of him. Like, it, it, it's Vooch, and that's really it from this side. Yeah, I don't hate Cole Anthony, but I think there's better value um, on this slate. Like, I would much rather have, like, Derek Rose um, than, like, Cole Anthony. So, um, I don't think he's the worst play, but I, I really think Vooch is, like, the guy that smashes. Like, he, he just smashes in the spot. Like, he should. Um Trust me, and it's not like a biased Magic fan because I hate playing Vooch, but I think the spot is right for him in this one. Uh, what do you like here for Minnesota? 
Russell Beasley. Um, I don't mind Vanderbilt. Like just with all the guys out, like there's going to be usage. I know it's not a great matchup going up against Orlando, but it's a four point spread. We know what Beasley can do and he's just going to chuck. We know what Russell can do. The problem is he's in the AK range, but this could easily be a 50 some odd point game for him. Um, Vanderbilt is going to probably play high twenties minutes and he can get you the double, double, he can do anything. And he's priced affordably at 4.9 K. If you're looking at some of that, I'm not going with Nas Reed, probably not going with Anthony Edwards, just like 4.5 K for a guy that's going to get you 18 to 20 points. Not great. So it's Beasley and it's Russell. Like we know exactly what this offense is going to do without cat in there. And they're going to play minutes if this game stays close. Like, they're perfect guys to bring back if you're playing Vooch on the other side. Yeah, I think, like, if you want to take a shot on Vanderbilt, he's going to play a bunch of minutes with Cat um, out, um, with Hernan Gomez out as well. So I think Vanderbilt is, like, I think I'd prefer Vanderbilt over Nas Reed. Um, I'm not playing Nas Reed. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think Malik Beasley um, – has some upside. I just, I hate the price tag. Um, you know, I, I think Russell's fine. He's a guy that can put up 50 fantasy points in any matchup. So, um, yeah, moving right along here. We got Phoenix at Houston. No total in this one. Jones, Sarge are out. Uh, Payne's questionable for Phoenix. And on the Houston side, Clemens, Exum, House, and Wall remain out. Sterling Brown is questionable. Let's start here with Phoenix. Uh, what are we looking at here for the Suns? I don't want to play anyone like Booker, Chris Paul and Aiden are all priced about where they should be. I guess a fantastic match going up against Houston, like, but just all the points are just kind of spread out there between everyone. We haven't really seen a Booker ceiling game at all. Like maybe it'll happen. I get he's been in the forties a few times, but on a 10 game slate 45 from an 8.2 K guy is not going to do it from you. Chris Paul is just consistently in the mid 30s, 7.2K. That's not bad, but it's not going to take down a tournament. Aiden's probably the guy that's going to give you the most potential upside in this spot here, but 7K, even that, like there's a lot of guys in the 7K range. I'm not playing Bridges. I'm not playing Crowder. I'm playing Johnson. Like I want to play guys in this Houston game, but just none of the Phoenix players' price tags are attractive at all. Yeah, I think like. I think Chris Paul's the play. Houston has really struggled with point guards this season. Um, he would be the guy, but like at his price, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see him going like 40 plus, And I think you're going to need that on a 10 game slate. Um, so like, I probably stay away from Phoenix in the spot overall. I don't really see anything that like I have to have on the Phoenix side of things. Um, like, yeah, Jay Crowder is going to play a ton of minutes probably, but uh, you're playing Jay Crowder like on a 10 game slate. You know, you're just, you're probably not doing that. Um, Let's go to the Houston side. Oladipo. um, We talked about him on the podcast on Monday and then he got added to the price, like to the pool. Um, And then like I, I pounded it in the expert survey to play him. Like I'm going right back to the well. I think Oladipo, in this uniform is just going to have massive amounts of usage. And like, he, he's the guy until like John wall comes back. Um, you know, we, we 43% usage the other night against Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Oladipo, Chris Wood, 
or Christian Wood, um, Eric Gordon. Like those are the three I want to play here. And Oladipo just stands out as an absolutely fantastic play. Like I said, 40% usage the other night. He checked the ball 23 times. He's facilitating. He looks like Oladipo from, what was it? Whatever year it was with the Pacers for his injury. Like the guy looks like he fits in perfectly with this offense, especially with that wall in there right now. He should continue that. Like he's 7.8 K is way too cheap price. Like, I don't know if I'm going to lock him in, but this is a good day to go mid mid tier build. Um, and Oladipo is just, it, it, the price just doesn't make sense. Like fast paced offense. I get that Phoenix isn't the best match in the world, but guy that's going to get this much usage. That's just a silly price tag. And Wood obviously offers you a massive amount of upside in any given matchup. And he's still 8.4 K probably a little bit too cheap, but this slate, everyone's kind of priced a little bit too cheap. Um, but Gordon, I know he didn't have a great night the other night. Still put up the ball 17 times. 5.5K, not a bad price tag for him. He can still get you 35 points. If he gets hot shooting, he can get 40. But Oladipo is absolutely the play and just ridiculously underpriced. Yep, uh, I'm with you. I, I, I like him a lot in this spot. San Antonio at Golden State. Um, White remains out for San Antonio. Chris is out for Golden State. And Wiggins is questionable. Uh, let's start with the San Antonio side. We like we like targeting Golden State. Like you know, they're a team that ranks towards the bottom as far as like you know defensive efficiency. I think they've gotten a little bit better since Draymond's come back, but still overall, um, and they they play at a extremely fast pace. Um, what do we like here for San Antonio? I mean, I want to like more, but nothing. Um, DeRozan at eight point five K, like probably a little too cheap but like i said everyone's a bit too cheap i'm not going to argue with playing DeRozan. he's more of a guy that i would throw in as a second piece of him playing steph over on the other side but like murray 7.4 k yes he gives you a little bit of upside we haven't seen it too much but this type of match where it can happen but again we have guys that we haven't even gotten to yet but guys like ola depot that is right in the same price range um it's just not a spot where I want any San Antonio players. The matchup's great. This is a decent game stack game, but still only 226 total. The but like everyone kind of gets theirs a little bit. Occasionally I have a blow-up game by some random player on the San Antonio side, but this is it's a 10-game slate. Are you really gonna get a 60-point game from DeRozan? Are you really gonna get a 50-point game from Murray? Are you really gonna get a 45-point game from Johnson? LMA could end up easily giving you 15 points like there's with everyone in this lineup right now anyone can go off for a decent game any night but you can you're going to get a lot of or one or two duds in your lineup if you play these san antonio guys so i'm probably going to fall on fade them even in a fantastic spot yeah um i, I think like rosen obviously he's expensive um I'll say the same thing I said the other day. Like, I just when it, when these when everybody's healthy for San Antonio, it's really hard to trust any of these guys. Like, value shots on like Lonnie Walker, but like even even him the other night, like you just no usage really. So like I, I just like trying to find those more more of these usage guys than anything else. So, um, the Golden State side of things, like Curry's always in play. Um, you know he is the guy that's gonna have a ton of usage. Uh, what do you like here for Golden State? Yeah, Curry is very much in play. Um, it's 
going to be a fairly high scoring game. It's not a bad matchup. Problem is, I'd I'd rather go in the eight and seven k range because the same thing. But Curry always has a chance at a seventy point game at any given time. So he's in play, avoiding Wiggins, Ubre, Green. But I think this is a decent spot to go back with the Wiseman. Everyone kind of played him the other night, um, assuming they get more minutes. Got in foul trouble. Wasn't playing great. Turned the ball over a lot. Had five turnovers in thirteen minutes, which he hasn't had more than three, I think, the entire season long. Um, so he's always a chance to get into foul trouble. But I think 4.6K, this is a spot where you can go right back to the well. Hope they ends up in the 27-minute range, and he could end up crushing. So Wiseman and Curry are the only ones from Golden State I have any interest in. Draymond's always a guy they can go with. I rarely ever play him. Could end up with close to 40 points, but it's a slate where we have five or six guys in the mid-5K range that I would rather go with. Yeah, like I don't know. I, I think if if Wiggins sits, I like Ubre. I, I think he will get some. Um, he could like see twenty plus shots at fifty five hundred. So if Wiggins is out, I think Ubre is in play. Um, I, I'm with you on Wiseman. Like, all right, he got in foul trouble. Back right back to the well. Um, they showed that they want to give the guy minutes. Um, this is a spot that he could play twenty five minutes to twenty eight minutes. So don't mind him at all. Um. If Wiggins sits, like Damian Lee and these guys could potentially play minutes. Um, but I, I really think like Ubre is the guy you kind of want to get exposure to if Wiggins sits. Uh Sacramento at L- LA taking on the Clippers, 231 and a half total here. Clippers favored by a ten and a half in this one. Whiteside's questionable. Williams is questionable. Um, let's start here with the Kings. What do you like here for Sacramento? I mean, I'm probably not chasing that De'Aaron Fox ridiculous game he got a thousand dollar price increase 8.9k on this slate where there's so many undervalued guys not gonna do that holmes is probably a fine play at 6.4k but am i missing something with bagley priced at 5.6k like dude's played over 30 minutes in the last two games i'm trying to figure out what i could be missing here he's got it what 26 percent usage so far on the season he's one of the second highest guy on the team I'm trying to figure out, like, is this just a mispricing? Have they not decided to put up? I know they it's playing with a hurt wrist, but he's been playing with a hurt wrist. It's the highest total on the slate as of this moment. I know that the the Clippers are a 10-point favorite, but he's getting a ton of usage. I mean, he's going to play minutes now. Why would you not play him? I'm just trying to figure out how this – am I missing something? No, I I just think, like – the probable tag, the minutes, like I think next time we, you know, see him, his price will definitely be um, higher. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, it, it, it's quite possibly the best K, play in the 5K range. Like I, I just can't figure out how his price tag is still this low. Like now that he's getting minutes, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Like I absolutely love Bagley in this spot. Yeah, like the price is fantastic at fifty six hundred. Um, he should play the minutes. So yeah, definitely. I unless we're like we're we're both missing something on him. Like I don't see, I don't I don't see what we'd be missing though because like they played Bagley and Holmes a ton together um, the other night against New Orleans. They played these guys a ton together against the Clippers uh, two games ago. So. I think even like 
Holmes and, you know, Bagley both out there. Like they both played 30 minutes against the Clippers, what, five days ago? So if you get, even if you get 30 minutes at 5,600, um, he's a guy that definitely has some value um, in this spot in general. So um, is it, I don't know if like Whiteside being out has definitely helped his minutes, but I think like if Whiteside plays, you could potentially see like 25 minutes out of Bagley instead of 30. So I think that might be something you kind of want to note. But if Whiteside sits, I think that, you know, Bagley should continue to play in the 30 minute range here. Um, Don't hate Fox. I think this total is super high. He's coming off of his best game of the season. Um, He is a guy that can have massive games, but he got a really, really big price increase. Um, So I think like that's, the main reason that like, I think you have to be somewhat careful with Darren Fox, um, you know, just because of the price hike, I think Barnes is okay at 6,300. He is um, a guy that can put up like 35 to 40 fantasy points in any matchup, but I think there's still like better plays in this price range. Uh, Let's go to the Clippers side of things. You know, obviously got Kawhi and Paul George. Um, What are we looking at here for the Clippers? That's very much it. I mean, Lou Williams is, questionable but it's not really going to affect too much i'm not playing beverly like a at 5.9k 26 minutes probably not worth it especially on this slate like i don't want to play anyone from the clippers the problem is they have the highest implied total on the board um but the game could be a blowout like why paying 9.4k when there's so many good plays in the 7 and 8k range is is not really going to be in any of my builds like Paul George. Yes. He can go off for a big game, but there's too many good plays and there's too big of a slate. I'm fine with it. If you're playing Fox on the other side and Bagley, like I don't mind running it back with Paul George or Kawhi, but other than that, like I'm not playing these guys just as a one-off standalone. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I want exposure to this game because I do think the Clippers are, like they have the highest implied team total on the slate. It's just, I, it's so hard picking like which one of Kawhi and Paul George to play. Like I always lean more towards Paul George because I do think like he is the guy that can put up like 30 to 40 actual points. Um, like Kawhi could do that too, but like Paul George is going to get rebounds. He's going to get a couple assists. He's going to put up, you know, the points. And I think like I lean Paul George in this spot um if this game stays close this this game like the last time these two teams played the clippers won by 38 um so like put it put that in your your memory bank when you're when you're looking at this game in general uh we finish out the night with memphis at portland um 222 and a half total here portland favored by one and a half uh triple j is out winslow is out and valanchunas is out on the portland side collins is out mccollum is out nurkic is out Let's start with the Memphis side of things. Obviously, John Morant is back, but like really the big news here is um, Valen Junis is not going to play. What are we looking at here on Memphis? Yeah, Clark. Um, like it's a good matchup going up against or going up against the Blazers. Like Clark's going to play a boatload of minutes here. This is going to be a fast-paced game. Like this is a perfect spot for Clark, and he's probably a bit too cheap at 6K. Um, has a real upside of 40-some-odd points here. Love him, but why is Moran only 7.3K? Like, don't know. Doesn't uh, really make uh, against Portland. 
Yeah, like this is a guy that was a pretty much locked for me in the AK range before he got injured. Like I look, I know they hasn't put up a ton of shots since he's come back from injury. Like ten and fourteen in the last two games, still put up forty-one in one of those games. But prior to getting injured, he was putting up twenty shots. Like it's against Portland. It's a beautiful matchup here. The game's projected to stay close. It's one. It's a one and a half point spread right now. Like Morant and Bagley are the two biggest misprices of this slate. I might lock both of them in. I don't care. Like I'm gonna wait and see where our ownership's at tomorrow. But outside of him. Clark would be my preferred play over anyone else. Like Dylan Brooks can always go off for a big night, but I'm not trusting him. Tyus Jones not playing with Morant back. Kyle Anderson's never really a guy that's going to offer you a ton of upside, especially with Morant back in the lineup. So like Morant is just ridiculously underpriced at 7.3 K and Clark should be in for a lot of minutes. And it's a good match of going up against Portland and Valanciunas being out just means that Clark could be in for even more minutes or even more usage. And just, it's a perfect spot for Clark, but Morant is just ridiculously underpriced. Yeah. I like Morant, um, love Tillman. I think he's the best value play on the entire slate at 3,500. Um, Gorgie dang really out of the rotation over the last few games. And then like Tillman has just kind of solidified himself. Um, if he gets to start again, which he should, um, you know, he's at 3,500. Because they didn't they play like the Phoenix game on Monday? That was like a weird like time, wasn't it? It wasn't like on a main slate or anything. So like, um, I think like it's just like algorithm. But yeah, Tillman, best value play on the slate. I think he's going to be the chalkiest um, value play. And like on DraftKings, you can play him at power forward and center. Uh, so all the position eligibility for Xavier Tillman. But um, yeah, he's a rookie, but he's been absolutely crushing. Um, on the Portland side of things, like. Listen, like, it's Dame time, man. This guy, you know, over 50 fantasy points in three of the last four games. This game should be pretty good. Um, you know, almost a 40% usage for Lillard last time out um, against San Antonio. And his Cantor's here going up against a second-round rookie um, in Tillman in this matchup. And then, obviously, we got the value guys. Um Ronnie Hood played, you know, solid amount of minutes, got up a lot of shots against San Antonio um, in his starts. Uh, what are we looking at here in Portland? Yeah, Hood's still a bit underpriced or pretty underpriced at 3.8K. Without McCollum in there, Dame's going to do what Dame does. Like, he's just going to – like, the entirety of – most of the offense is going to be Lillard and Cantor. Like, I know Cantor had a little bit of a rough outing the other night going up against San Antonio but he's still a guy that put up 50 going up against Atlanta. He's still only 6.3 K still offers a quite a bit of upside. Like this is, this is the game where I really am going to have a lot of exposure to like the late games are going to be where most of my exposures to. So Lillard 10.4 K doesn't matter. Can still put up 70 points in this spot. Absolutely. A guy that you can go with Cantor 6.3 K got huge double, double upside and is going to probably play 29 minutes. Um, yeah, and Hood at 3.8K is just far too cheap if he's going to get the same amount of minutes. Outside about that, outside of that, like Covington, minutes aren't really a problem. He's going to play the same amounts, and usage really isn't going to increase because he's a 3 and D guy. I'm not playing Gary Trent Jr. Uh, maybe you can take a shot on Anthony at 4.7K. Like, he could see an increase in usage. I know he didn't do great the other night, but still put up 13 shot attempts. 
but it's 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 Lillard, it's Cantor. And if you want to go Giles and hope they ends up with more than 15 minutes in this spot, like he's the only other center on the depth chart, he can still actually has potential to do well in any given spot. I know that he really hasn't shown that. I've lost far too much money playing him the entire time he's been in the league, but 3.1K, if you really want to make it work and go stars and scrubs, he's a guy that can help you do that. Yeah, good old Car- Carmelo, man. Um, I think I take the discount on like Ronnie Hood, um, but yeah, Melo playing, you know, twenty five plus minutes, he's gonna get double digit shot attempts up, um, going up against Memphis. So this game, this is probably my favorite game on the slate. Like it offers a ton of value, but it also offers some top end stuff. Like you could play four guys, I think, from this game on a ten game slate, and like you don't usually typically say that um, on ten game slates, but like you can go. Morant you can go Lillard you can go Tillman and you can go Hood and you can open up everything because you're playing those two cheap guys so uh let's play the morning grind game and then um we'll get out of here Grant give me your favorite play under 5k to 7x you want do you want Tillman it doesn't matter whatever you want to do I'll go Tillman you can have Hood yeah, I think those are the two guys um, that obviously stand out price-wise that should be able to um, have the opportunity to 7X. Uh, over 8K to go under 5X. Um, who's the bust that you're looking at today? Do I cheat? Right, take whoever you want. Herder. <laughs> <laughs> you realize that like, if he shoots lights out and he goes 5X, um, you're never going to hear the end of it. Um I mean, he almost went 5X in the last game. Yeah, I'm probably going to go KD. Um, The answer is pretty much any one of the Brooklyn guys outside of maybe Kyrie. um, Let's go favorite 6X play. Who do you you like? Trying to decide between Morant and Bagley. Um, I'm going to go with Bagley just because of the lower price tag. Bagley, all right. I'm gonna go with Vooch. Um, really like Vucevic on the slate. I'm gonna go with him. Um, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? I don't really know what's weird on the slate. Um, I don't like. Yeah, I don't know where ownership's gonna go. I mean. I mean, it's a 10-game slate, so I don't think, like, outside of a few, like, chalky plays, you pretty much pick whoever you want. Jeremy Grant. I think that's fine. I'm going to go with the same game. I'm going to go Derek Rose. I like it. Oh, uh, game selection. Anything stand out to you on DraftKings or FanDuel um, on this slate? I got logged out of DraftKings when I went to go look at the contest, so you go first. <laughs> um, I'll pull up something on FanDuel then. Um as soon as it loads, I had something pulled up on DraftKings. All right, so on FanDuel, I usually like talk about the $50 single-entry tournament. Not going to do that. So I'm going to go three-entry max with the $15 swingman um, three-entry max tournament over there. It isn't the best tournament, but like if you're trying to get better at single-entry, it's kind of like that bridge between like really low entry and like kind of getting into mid-stakes. It does pay... 23% of the field, min cash is t- 2x. Um, and somebody's going to turn potentially 45 bucks into four grand with first place being four grand. So 
Uh, the Swingman, it's kind of top-heavy as far as like the top 10 getting 43%, but it is a tournament that top 100 gets 35 bucks. So like if you make a really solid team, um, you know, it definitely is going to work out for you. So um, did you find one that you liked? Yeah, I mean, if you have a lower bankroll and you don't want to quite go with and you want to try mass multi mass multi-entering, um, 30k jab step. I mean, it's 5k to first. It's a little bit top heavier than I would want it to be. And it's only uh, 1.5x to cash, but um, roughly 25% of the people cash. So it's not the worst if you want to try multi-entering and you don't have a massive bank roll. Like if you want to throw 50 in there, it'll cost you about 300 bucks, but it's not the worst idea in the world. I mean, pretty much any any tournament with a under ten dollar entry fee is going to be around fifteen point nine percent margin. So if you're going to multi enter, you're pretty much going to get the same. If you want to do single entry, you're always better off going with a twelve, fifty, hundred dollar uh, single entries or the jumper. But is it like when you're looking at rake? If you're trying to multi enter, then like I prefer to do slightly smaller tournaments like if you're multi-entering the eight dollar or mass multi-entering the eight dollar 500k tournament then you're just going to hemorrhage out money whereas you go against five thousand other or six thousand other entries instead of seventy thousand other entries so if you want multi mass multi-enter and it's not a bad one that's not going to just crush you every single time uh, favorite over under against the spread. I know we only have like five lines. Is there anything that's standing out to you? Uh, first thing here, uh, Memphis against the spread. It's a one and a half point spread. I think Memphis wins. All right. I like the over in that game. So there you go. Um, you can kind of parlay that game. I like the over of two twenty two and a half. So take, uh, take your points with Grant and take your over with me and, you know, see how it works out. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Grant? Um, if you listen to this early enough and you're in Colorado, check out sportsbetting.com. It has that game at three and a half point spread right now. Um, so yeah. Oh no. Heavy, heavy juice on the, on the Grizzlies. I thought I found something good. (laughs) They won't, they won't hear it fast enough, Grant. They won't hear it fast enough. So, uh, that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday talking some more NBA. Good luck in your contest and we'll see you then. It's...